Hi, I'm Angela Lee and welcome to the Will to Live podcast where we share with you the gifts of living. I speak to inspiring wellness leaders, mums, celebrities, business people, super grannies and more to help you live your potential, connect to your purpose and bring joy to your life. Discovering your will to live a fulfilling life starts now. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Will to Live podcast. Now I'm very excited today to be joined by the lovely Emma Masters. Emma, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really, I reached out to Emma um, to come onto the podcast because I love a lot of the work she does on Instagram. So follow her on Instagram. I'll pop the details there. But it's all about us really connecting to the experience of exercise. And I really wanted to delve into that today because, I mean, we've both been in the fitness industry a very, very long time. And I think sometimes exercise can get sort of a bad rap. So today I really wanted to delve into, and Emma does a lot of this work, about sort of the deep connection and the experience that we can actually get from exercise. So hopefully you'll leave with a whole new um, approach on the way you look at things. So excited to get in chat about that. But first, for those that haven't met Emma, I'll just introduce her bio. She's like, she's known around the world as an international fitness presenter and educator who lives to connect and inspire. She's worked across a multitude of senior roles, including group exercise manager for Virgin Active Australia and UK, stages indoor cycle master educator and fitness activities coordinator for Gungana Health Retreat. Lovely. Emma operates now as a freelance boutique fitness specialist through her company Experience Age Consultancy, offering extensive experience in product development, training, member experience and people management. Emma is also the co-founder of Exercise to Experience, well, lucky we were talking about that today, an online education company providing instructors access to leading group fitness education. With continued on-the-ground experience, she's a sought-after host and contributor to industry panels, fitness conferences, and podcasts. So awesome to have you on, Emma. So we'll get straight into it. I, you know, like you've been in the fitness industry a long time with that resume, lots of experience, and <laughs> Now this is what you're doing. I'd love for you to just sort of introduce in your own world. We've all got our little journey in the fitness industry where we, you know, where we started and why we're doing what we're doing. I'd love for the, you know, the listeners to get to sort of know your journey to get to know you better. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's really um, apt as well where I started because I started in um, an industry that isn't, I guess, too far away from fitness, but also is leaps and bounds away. So I started in musical theatre. So from a very young age, I was singing and dancing around, wanting to be on stage. And that's where my career started. The reason I'm telling you that far back is because when I was in the um, performing arts space, singing and dancing around the world, it was kind of hard on me because a lot of the contract I, contracts I was taking, there was a lot of stigma around what you look like. Um, a couple of my contracts, I can remember I was doing cruise ships and we'd be weighed in weekly. We'd have to queue up in front of everybody and jump on the scales. And there was a real expectation of you being a certain weight, a certain size. And so for me, in the early days back then, the only reason I'd be going to the gym on top of dancing and training with my team would be to lose weight or look a certain way. And it certainly wasn't from enjoyment space. It was definitely from a space of I need to burn some calories. I need to um, burn off my guilt from the night before if we had a wine out with the team or um, it it was all about like getting a certain level of fitness but there was a lot of pressure um, around that space so I left the musical theater industry around 14 years ago now and I transitioned quite quickly into fitness mm. and at the beginning it wasn't that much better either um, I was a PT I was teaching group exercise that was definitely my passion from early on but I still felt 
that quite dramatic pressure to look a certain way, to fit a certain aesthetic, um, to have six pack, you know, to look um, the way that people expect people that work in the fitness industry to look. And it wasn't really until I kind of kept going throughout my career, I was introduced to lots of different modalities, one being PH360, which you know really well. Mm -hmm. And just from growing up, I guess, and accepting myself more Mm -hmm. was that I realized that exercise didn't have to be about just looking a certain way and burning off the guilt and getting that summer body. And so since then, I've really made it my mission to change the feeling of fitness. I want people to go to exercise classes. I want people to work out on their own at home to feel good, not to look a certain way, not to burn off any guilt, not to compete with anybody else, unless that's actually going to make them feel good too. Mm. Uh, But I want them to feel good inside out rather than the other way around. And so I progressed really quite quickly into coaching um, Group X at a more deeper level. So I was creating programs. I was developing systems. I moved to Australia from the UK in that time. And I started presenting globally as well. So this is kind of over the last six years now. Mm -hmm. And then through that time, I really got stuck into this idea of boutique fitness and what it means. Mm -hmm. Because boutique fitness industry has just boomed in the last 10 10 to maybe five years in Australia. And there's a reason for it because boutique fitness have kind of clicked into this feeling of changing the way that people feel when they work out. They go there for 45 minutes to do something they really want to train in. So already it's something fun. It's not sitting on a trainer for 45 minutes, Mm. something they really want to train in. And then also it's then molded in a way where, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure a bit later, where they use immersive techniques to kind of um, bring people into the present and bring connection to self and actually change the way they feel about the workout. Mm. And so that's what I've been doing the last five years. And then in particular, the last three, I've been out on my own consulting, working with boutique fitness brands, educating instructors, as you said, when you read out my bio beautifully, Mm. um, that I'm trying to educate people that we can make fitness feel this way. It doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't have to be something we struggle to do. Yeah, and I just think that's such an important message that I wanted to get out there as well because I just have seen so many people like use exercise as a punishment for themselves. I mean, it's certainly the way I used to use exercise years ago and so many people are like not loving themselves and that's this chore and they've got this really quite a negative relationship with it when it's actually one of the most powerful medicines on the planet if it's, you know, applied in, in so many ways to our whole being, not just our physical well-being, our mental, emotional, spiritual. It can impact us in so many ways. So I guess that's what I wanted to delve into. And, like, you know, a lot of people, as you said, like they feel like it's a chore, it's a punishment. And I guess how do you approach that for people? Like how is your approach different? So what are some things that people can start to, to do around that? I know you sort of work with, as you said, the studios and also, you know, people listening at home. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing to understand is there's two types of major motivators. We've got intrinsic and extrinsic. So extrinsic motivation tends to be the thing that gets us into the gym. It's the kind of shoulds. It's the outside factors outside of our body. So I should go to the gym or work out because my doctor told me so, or my doctor told me to rather. Um, I should work out because my blood pressure is high. I should work out because I ate the cakes. Yeah, all of these reasons are fair enough reasons for kind of getting you through the door, but they're not going to be the reasons that you stay because they don't feel good. We need to turn those shoulds into wants. 
So we want to convert that extrinsic motivation into intrinsic. So it makes me feel something. So that might be a rush of endorphins that gets released because we're listening to incredible music when we work out. It might be that the trainer that you go and see really inspires you with their words. It might be that the space that you go to feels like a nightclub. And so you like don't even feel like you're working out. You feel like you're at a disco party, you know? Mm. Um, and so changing the way that we feel in the circumstance where we work out is going to be a really great first step. So finding something that you love, finding something that is inspiring, finding something that makes you feel good in the inside um, is going to be step number one for sure. Mm. And then the next steps that we can take is to immerse ourselves into fitness. So this is something I love teaching trainers, but it's something that you can do at home as well. So if we call upon the five senses, so we know what they are, sight, taste, sound, etc. If we can call upon those when we're working out, it will give us a feeling of presence because it's an old meditation technique to use the five senses to anchor us into the present. But we can actually use that in a high energy, highly motivated setting as well. So that could be um, having a beautiful scent in the room. So you'll notice that some studios and clubs are using that now. They might have a signature scent. They might have a beautiful candle on their reception. They might have something burning inside the studio, but you could do that at home too. You could set the scene in your space, in your house and make it smell good. And then you can also add in feel, so touch. So maybe that's making sure that your surroundings are good and not sweaty and the AC is working and um, the towel that you're using is soft and comfy rather than it being all rigid and hard. Mm -hmm. So basically you're just trying to make yourself feel as comfortable as possible in that environment. Studios might go a step further and do things like offer a cold scented towel at the end of the workout because it's going to make you smell good things and feel good things all at once. Little tiny trickles of um, elements of uh, sort of sensation sprinkled in there as well. Mm. And then there's the really obvious ones like our sight and our hearing. So what we're looking at. So at home, that could be clearing your space, making sure you've actually got a good workout space that isn't cluttered. You haven't got your phone right there that's going to disturb you. You've got, you know, beautiful lighting coming that makes you feel good. Um, and so that's how you could affect it at home. Studios are doing that a step further again. So they might be changing the lighting. So it's not that horrible, like bright hospital style lighting. Yeah. Instead, it's warm or it's colored or it makes you feel vibrant because they're using reds and greens or maybe it makes you feel calm because they're using blues. So they're sort of taking it that step further again. Mm. And then lastly, my favorite is what you're hearing. So is there just a random Spotify playlist that doesn't really G you up in the background or has the studio thought about the BPM, the beats per minute that they're using? Is it songs that are going to motivate you or inspire you or transport you to a time that you are really happy? Nice. So music has a really powerful effect on us this way. Um, and so at home, you could do the same thing. You're going to work out, but maybe first you put together this amazing playlist that really makes you feel motivated and excited rather than, you know, just sticking on something in the background and it being really quiet. It's not going to motivate you as much. Mm. So tantalizing the senses is um, a really clever tool that businesses are using on purpose, but you could absolutely replicate at home as well to give you extra motivation and extra immersion in your home workout. And those things really make a difference. You know what I mean? Like I, I did a post a, a couple of months ago, actually, and I had these old dance songs on and I was actually, it was the best workout I'd done in ages. And I literally felt like I was transported 
to the Greek islands 20 years ago, it just reminded me of that feeling, you know, and it's just, these are the little things that we can do to really enjoy it because life's full of, you know, there's so much, you know, shit going on in the world, but there's all that we can take ourselves and experience so many wonderful things. And I know at the, um, the centre I used to own, we used to let clients choose sort of playlists when they come in for smaller centres for the workout. And they used to put on some, you know, random old classics, some blokes in their 70s, and you're like, well, that's their experience. And I love how you're bringing all of those things in. Something you said earlier actually was like finding something that, you know, people love. And I'd love for you to discuss maybe like a bit of an array of different exercises or things that you've found that some people really love that mightn't be as traditional because a lot of people have in their head like I've either got to go to a gym and just do some weights or do your cardio or I've got to go for a just go for a walk or run like you know where there's so many different I guess exercise experiences I'd love for you to maybe just share you know might just someone might go oh cool I haven't tried that maybe I'll go and do something like that yeah, for sure. So I definitely recommend, I mean, I'm biased, but checking out your group exercise program wherever you can. So whether that's at your gym that you already go to, but now there's lots and lots of boutique offerings popping up that will tend to just kind of focus on one kind of style of exercise. So one that I'm super passionate about is rhythm cycle. So it's, you're on a bike, you're cycling, but it absolutely isn't like your normal spin class as people like to refer it. Mm -hmm. So this is more like beat driven to the music, disco lighting. Um, you're almost dancing on the bike. And the biggest comment I get from people that take part in those classes with me is that, oh God, I hated indoor cycle, but I love this. Because all of a sudden it's not about climbing hills and sprinting hard and you know achieving things. Mm. You're kind of letting the achieve go out the window and it's just about being in your body, letting loose, having fun. And I think that's really key for lots of people is that, you know, some people love exercise, but I think we're the weird breed. Most people don't. So is it a dance class? There's so many of those amazing heels classes pop up. So for my people out there that like to put on a pair of heels and feel really sexy, like they're popping up everywhere now. Classes where you can go learn to do sort of quite sexy, sensual dancing in a pair of heels. Not only is it fun because you're kind of giggling at yourself as you try, but also really empowering for people to feel good about themselves, no matter what their shape or size is, because you're learning this incredible routine and you feel really sexy doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, stuff like that, stuff that makes you just feel good from the inside out. And I think that often requires sometimes a little bit of letting go of inhibition and worrying what people think mm -hmm. you like and actually just going for it anyway. And isn't that a great lesson or a great uh, story to let go of anyhow, you know, that I feel silly or I look stupid or I can't dance without five margaritas, you know, like yeah. letting some of that go and it's gonna definitely inspire you and grow you as a person as well. Yeah, and I think that's so, like there's so many things out there that people can try. Like, you know, they've just got to widen their, widen their lens about what exercise is you know like it's an experience to move you know so there's all these different things and I know a friend a girlfriend she wanted, I haven't gone yet but there's a thing even on the coast here where it's like midweek and it's a dark room and like everyone just goes in there and dances and she said it's like all mums just like letting loose of looking after their, their kids for a week and it's just you know different things and there's so many different you know different dance groups or you know so many different places we can go and hike or exercise and you know do all these things and like what you said the if people did go to the gym years ago and didn't really like it now there's so many more things like available that 
you didn't even know existed years ago. So don't be turned off by what could be there. I know like when you're saying, I used to hate cycle classes as well. And when you were saying that I went to one in New York years, a few years ago, well, before all this, and it, it was dancing on the bike. So it was probably something similar to that. And I was like, oh my God, that was like amazing. You know, so we have these preconceived ideas, but I just would encourage people to sort of really be open to, I guess, what is out there and to try different things. Cause there is something there that you will truly love um, to experience, which is really cool. And I guess, you know, something, you know, I know you're really passionate about and I love about exercise as well is like, it really can deepen our connection, like with ourselves. And I think, you know, so many of us are disconnected from ourselves, yet exercise can help us get in our body and, you know, connecting to ourselves help, you know, has a knockover effect in so many areas of our lives. I'd love to sort of hear about how you sort of get people sort of deepening that connection and some of the work you do. Oh, yeah, I'm so passionate about that because I think you're right. We live in a society now where we're the most disconnected from ourselves that we've ever been because we're permanently on our phones, we're permanently on emails, we're permanently connected to everything else. But I think, you know, due to that connection to everything else, we're losing connection to who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's up in here a hell of a lot more often than we are down in the body. And that's a really hard, um, I guess, thing for some people to understand when I when you say that you know like what do you mean I'm not in my body but I think it's when we're overthinking there's like high levels of anxiety now of rumination of depression and that's because we're up in the head so much because mm-hmm. we're overthinking thinking about the past being anxious about the future and so I think exercise is an incredible practice where for 45 minutes half an hour however long you're doing it for you're having to be embodied because you're having to think about the movement. So if that is a dance class, as an example, you've got very little time to be overthinking when you're having to just move. You kind of have to take the brain away and just work with that flow state, right? And just move however feels natural and you just have to go. Otherwise, if you overthink it, it doesn't work. Um, And so I've actually developed a program recently trying to pull that out of people another layer deeper, I guess. called the class connect and it's a body weight class it's on the mat it's all to the music because I understand the deep importance of working with music it actually makes things feel at least 20% easier um, than if you're just working out alone by yourself without music Mm -hmm. and it also really does help us embody stuff because when there's a solid beat we can't help it's like a biological instinct to move to it you've seen babies move to the beat you've seen you know like people walking down the the aisles in a store and a good tune comes on and everyone kind of starts moving to it that's that's you know in our biology to do that so using music in a class with a really strong beat is going to again help people become quite embodied Mm. and in this in this class the thing that's quite specific to it is that we do high energy movement so we might do you know anything squats walkouts push-ups We might do some cardio, jump jacks, whatever that looks like. But then in between the high energy portions, we have these moments where we just connect, hence that's the name of the class, Mm -hmm. back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it might only be 20, 30 seconds because some people really struggle with meditation or stillness. So it's just a small snippet of where we get to place our hands wherever we intuitively want to on our body. We get to close our eyes and we get to actually appreciate that rush of endorphins that's happening or the beating of our heart or the breath moving in and out of the body. And sometimes that can make us feel quite emotional. That might bring up emotions. Or maybe it's just sitting with what you can feel right now rather than the brain rushing off to what's next. 
And I found that practice extremely powerful. I get to watch people shift over 45 minutes of that class going from quite rigid and up in their brains to just letting loose and, you know, dancing full, full disco style by the end. And um, yeah, it's a real gift to be able to give that to people because I, I think we really need it right now. Yeah, I just think it's so important because there's just so much like tension and stress and overthinking about all the decisions a lot of people are having to make in, you know, in the collective energy. Yeah, so getting having those opportunities to go back and do something like that, I think, you know, is so powerful. And I think it's some people think, oh, I don't have time, I don't have this. But as you said, sometimes like it doesn't take long to be able to just drop into your body, you know what I mean, and connect to yourself. Like, you know, we think we have to exercise for hours and, you know, a week and like all of this stuff yeah we can make sort of like short shifts can make big changes I guess and I think that's really important what about your sort of the work you do Emma like and do you have favorite sort of exercise or different routines like do you have a set schedule or you just sort of listen to your body and move around with what you do explore different things like try and listen to my body sometimes yeah. it's not as easy as an instructor mm-hmm. um I don't always get a choice because a lot of the classes I teach involve me being physical too so doing the class with them mm-hmm. um, so when I'm doing that I have a busy big week of that sometimes that's enough for me mm-hmm. but what I am trying to make sure I do is put in some resistance training as well because we know how important that is so I'm trying to get to um, just the gym a few times a week and do some weight space training as well just for me and I think that's important because I think a lot of the time I am giving as an instructor and then I get to the end of the week and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm completely spent energetically and physically. Um, so it's been really nice recently to really inject that routine in where I'm actually going to train for myself and for, for making me feel good. And um, that's been really great. Yeah, I know. It's so, yeah, it is so good that you can do that for yourself because a lot of trainers who are listening, you know, they're always giving out all the time. So that's, you know, really important for them to, you know, give back to themselves as well. And I guess, you know, as you look at the industry and you look at, you know, things that people, we'll start with the industry first, but what do you think we've talked about? If you looked at the big thing, what are a couple of things if you had to summarize that you feel people in the industry could start doing right now, that would make a big difference. And also maybe something they could stop doing. Like when you look at the industry as a whole, I'm going to start with stop because that one came to my mind straight away. It's something I'm really passionate about. And that's the kind of words that instructors use. So I think we need to just scrap from our vocabulary when we're queuing classes, when we're talking to our clients, things like now you've earned your breakfast or do it for your beach body or, um, you know, burn away your guilt from the night before. You know, these are the kind of cues that we would have seen 10 or so years ago, but they've really contributed to that toxic diet culture. Mm. And there's just no need to be using that vocabulary anymore. It's not inspiring or motivating anyone. Mm. Um, And what it is doing is potentially really hurting people's feelings, making them feel really poor about themselves and ultimately not making them feel successful. Mm. And so I think that will segue me on to what they should do. Um, And I'm just going to put the word success out there because so many instructors I see teaching still have that mentality of, you know, it's go hard or go home. If you don't vomit in a session, you haven't worked hard enough. And that just isn't what we should be encouraging our clients or our members to feel like. So instead, how can I make each and every single one of my members today feel successful should be a question that they're asking themselves every session, every class. 
And so when it's one-on-one, that should be pretty easy. You should know your client well enough how to make them feel successful. But then when you're working on big scale with, you know, 20, 30, 40 people, how are you making sure you're not isolating people, especially those people in your back row? You know, the people that maybe it's their first class, they're feeling intimidated, they're not maybe keeping up. Like, are you making those people feel successful? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something I see a lot of instructors do wrong. And it, and it, contributes not only to potentially their class numbers dropping, but often more just bad um, retention rates for the club or the studio because they're bleeding clients in the back end. So that that instructor might be really popular because they've got their following, but that back row keeps coming and leaving, coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes as a studio manager, it's hard for them to detect because the class on a whole might be quite busy, but then they're saying to me, oh, hang on, I'm, you know, my attrition rates are terrible. People are not staying as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. And often it's because of just small things like that, small, small things that, you know, are contributing to people not feeling good, not having a great fitness experience. And so they're saying, nah, cool, not for me. And they're going to go try the next place. Yeah. And I think it's important for people listening as well who are participating in classes that if they're in a class that is like that, to maybe become aware of you know how the instructor is taking that and know that the whole industry isn't like that there are some amazing you know there's amazing instructors out there there's amazing you know um classes there's an amazing experience for you to be had so don't let that sort of deter you and just know that there is something as well because I know some people do get turned off by that type of thing and know that different things that you can bring experience into your you know into your house and like like I do that all the time like often I you know I I go to a gym but I often do short things at home as well because I'm busy with my daughter and so I love creating beautiful things I'll go outside and I'll sort of look in the water I've got my oils I you know I try to bring in fun music and we're often dancing and moving in our house because it just brings us joy you know like it brings us great energy to do that and it helps me get through my days like when you've got so many things going on and you know it's just such a a wonderful thing for people to be able to experience. And I really hope people can take away some of these things and, you know, really love the experience of exercise and start to bring it more into its into their lives because it's just so powerful. And, you know, I guess what I ask all my guests at the end, Emma, as well, is, you know, if you had to give advice about, you know, what would be your advice for the will to live our most fulfilling life? Is it something you do or for our listeners as well? Yeah, uh, for me, it's something I try and teach in every class that I teach. um, And that's just letting go of the stories that hold us back. And I know that's a big ask Mm -hmm. and it's not something we do in a moment, but it's a practice. So where are you noticing that you tell yourself that story that I am not dot, dot, dot enough, whether that's fit enough, thin enough, pretty enough, Mm -hmm. strong enough, intelligent enough, like give it enough, you know, start letting some of those go and, and flipping that story around and being your, you know, your best personal cheerleader, because if you can't do that, then, you know, how are you going to expect others and, you know, for you to progress forward? So if you can start flipping that story around, the more, the better. And I think um, the best tool to be able to do that is to kind of, rather than sit there in the story and let it kind of grow is to kind of just start saying yes, to things that you love, to things that bring you joy, that help you turn that story around, Mm. you know, like say yes to the things that set your soul on fire, that make you feel good, rather than always going, oh, but I should do this other thing, you know, because quite often that's just something society has told us that we should do. um, And it's not necessarily the best thing for us. Mm. Um, So, you know, connect to who you are, 
listen to what you love, do more of that. And in turn, those stories should start to turn around. Yeah. And, and trust that as well. Isn't it? I love, I love that. And I think it's so important for people to trust that. Don't let the fear get in the way, but trust that you want to do those things. I actually saw a post yesterday and it really resonated. It's in line with what you're saying. It was like, you know, use pleasure as your compass, you know, use what feel good to guide you. And I just think, you know, that's such an important message for people to live, you know, their most fulfilling life because life is just so short. Like it's, it is so short. It's going to, we're going to be gone and, you know, before we know it. So, you know, hopefully there's lots of things that people can take away to bring more of an exercise experience, but also more fulfillment to their life because they'll truly get that from bringing exercise. So thank you so much, Emma, for joining us. It's been great to chat and yeah, looking forward to, I'll pop all Emma's details and contact details for those that want to get in touch as well um, at the bottom, but thank you so much. You're welcome. Good to see you. I'm Angela Lee, and you've been listening to Will to Live, the podcast. You can join us on Facebook in our Will to Live online community, that's L-I-V, Facebook group, or follow Angela Lee on social media and at www.angelalee.com.au. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to pay for the gifts of living, please share with your friends, and if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much.